0: Hey everybody welcome into can i steal you for a second a bachelor podcast i'm ashley young as always here alongside shay and while the ratings have made it seem like a lot of you aren't on the bandwagon with us we are still all in on listen to your heart and i have to say with only one episode left i'm a little sad still enjoying the show and shay i want to talk about what we have seen from this bachelor production because the ratings aren't great, and we genuinely look forward to this Monday night live tweeting, musical performance routine that we have worked out. And personally, I just think it's a breath of fresh air. It's a fun element of competition that we don't get out of the Bachelor Mansion typically. And I'm surprised by these awful you know, ratings. People aren't as invested, and I just don't get it
1: yeah I mean I'm I I'm with you I think the unfortunate and easy explanation is just that no one the vast majority of bachelor nation didn't give it a chance like I look at you know my bachelor friend group chat and none of them are watching it this season despite like me bombarding them with these (laughs) guys this is so good you have to watch um there's roughly a quarter of the audience tuning in like so bachelor nation i think peter season averaged around like eight million viewers an episode uh can i still or that's our show sorry it is early um <laughs> listen to your heart is <laughs> averaging like 2.8 or something like that so like it's it's rough and like i it's frustrating because i think to your point it's yes we're having fun and yes it's a nice sort of you know, a touch point way to tell the days apart and whatever else. But also I think it's a really well-constructed show. Like we, I talked about this before, but like I like having the relatively even numbers of men and women. I like having the competition element. I like the sort of abridged six episode season. I just feel like there's a lot sort of construction wise or editing production wise going on that feels like the right balance of reality tv the right balance of drama and you know producer manipulation a little bit and competition and all that stuff and so yeah i i think it's a better show certainly than peter season and maybe even than the traditional bachelor format and so it's kind of a bummer that you know the built-in audience that would keep a show like this going just isn't there
0: and I feel like everyone is stuck at home. You're supposed to be quarantining. Like, what else are you watching? You know, is your timeline that interesting that you're scrolling on your phone? Like, by this point, you've probably binged Netflix. You need something new. I can't believe more people didn't give it a shot because it didn't take us, you know, three episodes to get invested in these performers and these characters, if you will. Like right off the bat, we're like, this is something new. It's fresh. Um, I don't get the masked singer, for example. I don't get it. I think it's annoying. I can't believe it takes 10 minutes for someone to take off their mask. Like I don't enjoy that show where it has a cult following. I love this idea where not only do we get the backstories of this performers, we see them grow as a couple and we also get the element of a performance. And I love all the layers and seeing it come together every week and the keyword here is abridged. I love the six weeks. It's short, <laughs> it's condensed, it packs a punch. So, you know, if anyone still isn't in on Listen to Your Heart, I think you're missing out. It's an awesome break from all of these seasons of Bachelor and Bachelorette that we've had. And similarly to why Paradise takes off. Because it's something new, the rules are a little more fluid. And you don't know what you're going to get because it's such a mixed bag of people. So I'm surprised. I'm disappointed. And Shay, I know you're more invested in the next upcoming bachelor project, which I don't think I'll tune into. And if that does better numbers than this, I'm going to be a little sad. Yeah. It's well, okay, I don't want to
1: say, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but to your point, <laughs> what else are you watching? I originally, I was like, a three-hour Bachelor clip show is the (laughs) dumbest thing I've ever heard. And if I have to watch that for work, I'm going to be more than a little put out. But then they released the trailer last night. And I'm not saying that it won me over, but I got it. Because what they're doing is they're looking at, it's called, like, The Bachelor Greatest Seasons Ever. And they're looking at, as the title suggests, The Greatest Bachelor Seasons Mm -hmm. Ever. And they're doing a whole season in one night. So it's not a three hour episode of The Bachelor. It's a hold on a second while well, I do some math. Um twenty-five hour season
0: in three hours. And that is appealing as hell to me. <laughs> that is right up my alley. Because right. I think Shay, you know, we weren't on the Bachelor bandwagon off the get-go. Like we're playing catch up mm-hmm. a little bit. And the show has been around for so long. So when I see, you know, Bachelor Nation, it's like once you're in, you're friends with everyone. And I often find myself on Instagram clicking around. I'm like, wait, who is that? How do they know each other? And so I think if nothing else, this season of, you know, the clip show will give me a lot of context as to how Bachelor Nation came to be this you know, cult following that it is, how these friendships have formed, who these influencers on my Instagram are. Um, you know, a nice yeah. little reminder, a rip spark notes, if you will.
1: Yeah. And I think, even sort of going off that more, you, because it's one season, an episode, presumably, then you can like pick and choose. Like, you don't have to watch everyone, but if it's like, you know, Ari's season or something that you're like, oh, I heard that one was great, then you watch it and I so yeah, I I'm not necessarily gonna be a you know tune in every week uh we'll see how that goes but I do think I can see the value in it um if not now then like you know when it's time to brush up on our bachelor history um, so yeah I I, I I hate myself a little bit because I went through the same thing with Listen to Your Heart, where initially I was like, oh, god damn it!" like, <laughs> another bachelor <Baptist laughs> show. And then by the time it rolled around and the more information we got, I was like, mm, yeah, okay,
0: I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, you sold me on condensed version. I can, mm-hmm. you know, we, when we sit through the two-hour, two-night-a-week Bachelor seasons, I'm like, okay, this could have been condensed. So who knows, maybe this clip show will be all in on that. I think I'm going to give it a chance at bare minimum. I'll give it a chance, but we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, let's not get ahead of ourselves because we still have a lot to talk about the current show. Listen to your heart. And it's down to the nitty gritty. We just wrapped up last night, episode five, the show before the finale next week. And it wouldn't be an actual show if Chris Harrison didn't kick it off with a little mix up. (laughs) So um I have to say I love Chris Harrison's role in general. I just yeah. think the use of Chris like he's an icon, but his role is never necessary. He doesn't do anything. He's just kind of a facilitator. All this but could go on behind so the scenes. Have, he does seem to have
1: more to say and do in this show than it felt like in The Bachelor, even if it's just like walking in and like announcing things. I don't know, he seems more present to here, which has been fun to me. Like he's <laughs> like he's got to I don't know. Same I also enjoyed that like, he walked in and uh, maybe it was just the way it was cut, but everybody was in one room to the left and he immediately turns to their right and goes, like, calls, like, people, come here. It's like,
0: just- <laughs> <laughs> he knows he can manipulate the situation. So yeah. he says, you know, oh like, uh, he tries to make it ominous, like, you know, this is yeah. a shame. You need to mix it up. You're going to Vegas, which they're currently in L.A. Vegas is not that far. And they're really trying to hype up this, you know, rock star fantasy lifestyle. And he's like, you each get your own tour bus. And so they go from you know, these dinky little bunk beds in the mansion to, you know, being cramped on a tour bus. But they think it's the greatest thing in the world. And yes. you just see this drone shot of four tour buses kind of like snaking down the, the hills of California. And it is so funny to me. Um, but, you know, we have our four couples Brie and Chris, Jamie and Trevor, Matt and Rudy, Ryan and Natasha. And uh, I guess, you know, Brie and Chris, no one's worried. They're safe, whatever. Natasha and Ryan, I'm still not buying into them. Jamie and Trevor, Again, I'm not really buying into, but Matt and Rudy is where the focus goes to once they leave the mansion, because Rudy has been known to be a little um, hmm, emotional, I guess. I think she's very transparent with how she's feeling, but perhaps a little quick to react, if you will. And the focus immediately goes to them, because Rudy and Matt They don't know where they stand, I guess. Is that a fair assessment of their tour bus ride? They're trying to. Yeah.
1: I feel like they, like you said, everybody else is kind of. Well, Trevor and Jamie, we'll get to in a second, but like (laughs) Prison Brie and Ryan and Natasha are are solid and perhaps solid on opposite sides of, I don't know, where they should be, but like there's no drama there. Man Rudy, in part because Rudy. Again, you never know what she's being sort of encouraged to say, but like launches this the beginning of this two and a half, three hour bus ride by talking, reminiscing about like the low points in their relationship or like the <laughs> first impressions of like, oh, you thought I was crazy and I thought you were like, um, I can't remember what she said about him, but like it was, it was a little in, intense and a little, you could see she was it felt like she was going for, or she was trying to incite a specific reassuring answer of like, ha ha ha. Now I love you. And he just looks totally like, Oh no. Like, what did I get myself into? Um, which I think he actually like says in like a a side camera that he says something to the effect of like, like I, oops. (laughs) Um, but yeah, and they don't make it to Vegas. I couldn't figure out, what the deal was, with the stops, because, I mean, Ryan and Jamie stop at a, or Trevor and Jamie stop at a gas station. Um, I don't think anybody out there stops, but they all end up to Vegas, in Vegas, except for Matt and Rudy, who's, who stop for, like, an overnight in some motel along the way and have a bonfire. I have a lot of questions, but... <laughs>
0: It was weird because there was no, nothing like exciting. They were just kind of sitting there and everyone in the mansion was like, where's Matt and Rudy? Where's Matt and Rudy? And they're getting a little suspicious, but nothing really comes of that date. Like there's no progress in their conversation. They still kind of seem like they're not saying what they really feel. And I mean, why don't you say fantasy suites are progress,
1: which is they got an impromptu fantasy suite.
0: <laughs> I know. And then but then they didn't really talk about it, which I thought was weird. Like I wanted it to be a big to do. I wanted them to run into the mansion the next day and be like, guess what we did? And I was <laughs> like, hey, guys. And that was it. Like, there were, it just seemed like an irrelevant situation that kind of unfolded in the first hour there. But yeah. um, whatever. I can't complain because we got more of their drama later on in the show. So right. whatever. But
1: in respect, the bus conversation and the bonfire conversations kind of seemed, I don't know, there's not a lot to unpack there because it was, it, it laid the groundwork for their conversation on their date, which was sort of much more um, intense but yeah, well, once you have the day one to talk about, there's less. So it's like, yeah, that's in the same conversation three times, basically, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and degrees
0: of intensity. Um, so let's talk dates, then. Let's do dates. Let's do dates, because I, I want to like Matt and Rudy, but they they clearly, it's not there. But whatever. So uh, let's talk about Bree and Chris, because they're the easiest to talk about. They're still yep. super stable, super cute. Um, their date in Vegas, they get to go to the little white wedding chapel, which, you know, part of me was like, maybe they'll get married. This is great reality TV. <laughs> no, they sing for a couple getting married, which is really sweet. And I think if anyone you've ever been to a wedding, you kind of look at the people getting married and you're like, Oh, like, that's so sweet. And you could see Bree and Chris kind of like, you know, that could be us. That could be our thing and they really they seem like a soft emotional duo so to see them go to a wedding I thought it was a very fitting date for them um but kind of strange I don't know I don't get this whole white wedding chapel wedding thing maybe it's me I'm a planner I'm a type a person but I don't want two bachelor contestants singing at my wedding like I don't it's weird to me but it was cute I don't know I'm flip-flopping here but it was a cute date but if I was the wedding party i'd be like who are these people like i don't want my wedding on abc on a tanking show
1: (laughs) yeah but you also know that they definitely they signed off on that like they're maybe that's how they got the couple they got or a bunch of other people were like I, i don't know like our spontaneous wedding though i guess if you're if you're spontaneously getting married or eloping to vegas part of that spontaneity would be saying yes to a Bachelor contestant. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I agree. It was a nice, like, there was, like, zero stakes. It was a cute thing for them to do so that they could do something. Um, but, you know, they, they they kind of, and this is another thing I love about Chris and Brie, they kind of stole the show's thunder where, like, the entirety of the drama this episode was centered around, whether they whether the contestants would say that they love or they're falling in love with their respective partners and brian chris did that last week on stage so it was like <laughs> there's nothing more to see here um besides you know more footage for a montage clip of them being adorable at the end um yeah so Sh- to- yes yeah, i say I was i'm looking at my list and i'm like where do we want to go next hockey shaggy or smashing
0: cars the dates definitely took a turn um after that let's talk about jamie and trevor because their date was a little all over the place and there's a few takeaways for that so before they go on the date it's a montage of jamie doing her wild like pink eyeshadow like really getting dolled up wants to look good is out there you know Telling the camera she wants to tell Trevor she's falling in love with him is adamant. So they go to T Mobile Arena and they're ice skating. I'm surprised at how good they are ice skating and like hockey. That's kind of a cute date. Yeah, he
1: says that he, this was a weird thing to me that I should not have got hung up on, but I did. Um, they get there <laughs> and it's like, this is like a home of the Vegas Knights or whatever. So, like, shout out to product placement there i guess um and <laughs> she's like oh my gosh pucks and like sticks and he goes yeah i'm gonna teach you how to play hockey and i was like all right settle down man you don't know that like <laughs> that that's what this is about and he was like i grew up playing hockey so clearly i'm going to teach you how to play like you don't know maybe she knows how to play hockey maybe there's nothing to do with hockey i don't know it was a weird thing that i was like let's
0: let's not assume. let's come Let's pump right. it. Like the cliche. I you, This is such like a Shay and Ashley conversation, but the cliche <laughs> of the guy is going to come in and teach the girl, like how to hold the hockey stick. And like, this is how you lace up your hockey skates and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah it kind of ruins the, the romantic <laughs> element to me. Like being able to play in a professional stadium is like really dope. That's awesome. I don't need yeah. someone being like, here you go. Like left foot forward, right foot back. like, dude it's not that serious like goals don't count we're just here to like have fun and skate around I don't need it to turn Especially, into a hockey lesson
1: you're not gonna be like playing hockey you're like it's intuitive that if there is a stick and a puck and you're on skates you will bat it about like <laughs> oh like, uh, yeah so anyways that kind of threw me but then it gets cute then they you know get the whole they can skate well enough or she can skate well enough because he, I guess, can. But she can skate well enough. a hockey enough. player. Respect that he's a hockey player. <laughs> and he can teach you how to play hockey if you need to. Um, but she can skate well enough to be, like, stable and moving, but also just sort of unstable enough for it to be cute, you know? Um, um, so, good for them. <laughs> but, yeah, it is, it is adorable. And then they, you know, get a little date set up on the ice to have
0: their feelings conversation. Which I was confused by this because they're talking and he kind of gives like a cop out spiel where he says, you know, I take the L word seriously and basically gives this roundabout way of saying like, I'm not going to say it, but I'm falling in love with you or I love you or whatever. He gives like a very roundabout answer and then it cuts to Jamie and she's like, of course I wanted to hear it. I'm sad. And then they skate around and he's like, just kidding. Like I am falling in love with you. And I was kind of like, why are you making me sit through this weird, awkward feelings conversation if it's just going to pivot in 30 seconds when he takes it all back? And I don't get this whole, I take the L word seriously. It's like, you don't need to tell me, you should take it seriously. Like there's certain things in life that it's just given with the context. It's a serious conversation. I don't need you to explain to me why you want to mean what you say. I just feel like, in any kind of relationship, you shouldn't have to explain to me that you want to mean what you say. Like To me, that's implied. If I'm going to be candid with you about my feelings, I want to make sure that I'm being thoughtful with what I'm sharing with you. So I just thought it was a weird conversation. And one of those moments where I felt like Jamie was really young because she was very receptive to his bullshit. And that was my takeaway from the cute thing.
1: I, I kind of disagree with you, but also these conversations and even more so Matt and Rudy are like exactly what I hate about this show. But I think sort of to your first point, I don't, I'm I'm not bothered by someone saying like, Hey, I take the, okay. A, I saw you tweet about this, but like extraordinarily dumb to say the L word. Like I take <laughs> the word L word so seriously. I cannot say it unless I'm actually saying that I love you. Like, all right, settle down, man.
0: Yeah. Um, like it's not the F word. Like you can say love, so like we say
1: it all the time. <laughs> come on this is all like you can say love without like yeah whatever but I I do think the general point of sort of underscoring like listen I want I want to explain to you the context in which I use this word is fair because I think there are there are people and you know you can probably see it with Rudy too and I, I think we've talked about this before You know, offline with some of our friends, where it's like there are people that jump to, like, I love you or I love them very quickly. There are people that use it or are more comfortable using it in a broad spectrum of relationships from like friends to significant others to family, whatever it is. Like, there, I do think there is enough leeway there that in theory, I don't mind sort of saying, Hey, I just want to let you know that I I don't say that to anyone or "I I don't say that unless it's my family or like these two particular people that for whatever reasons I was at that stage with. So I don't hate that. I do hate (laughs) that he then turned around and like leaned on the bachelor cop out of I'm falling in love with you because I think that phrase and that expression gets so much, it's such a crutch on this show. And it's, if you're, if you're willing to 30 seconds after a spiel about how you take, saying the word I love you or saying I love you very seriously throwback I think I'm falling in love with you too that undermines your whole previous point yeah (laughs) clearly you don't if you're willing to also just use a sort of cop-out expression um, to sort of keep the the drama and the relationship going um while also sort of giving yourself distance I don't know but I think what annoyed me about that and again, what will come to annoy me even more with Matt and Rudy is that the show has such a weird way of making, and it's usually the men, look bad for doing things that are sort of good, but also bad, <laughs> where, where they look, they usually come off looking like, The bad guy because they're the ones You know either rejecting or Turning someone Down or you know in the way Standing in the way of love But ultimately what They're doing sort of being realistic About falling in love on a TV show Or you know falling In love after five weeks or whatever it is That in theory Like that sort of upfrontness and Honesty or whatever you want to call it Realism is admirable And good yet nine out of ten times, the way they say it and how it's handled is also bad. So it kind of melts my mind, and I hate it.
0: I feel you. It's like, what they're saying isn't bad, just the execution is god-awful and cringy. and, you know, I also feel like, you know, Trevor is 30-something, right? Or he's older. I don't know. He's old enough to probably have had this conversation. Yeah. It it could have been a little more eloquent, but now we're just fighting over semantics, so... Whatever. It ended well for them. So they leave the date. The takeaway really is that they leave feeling like they've expressed how they feel. They can move forward in the competition, which is a 180 from our good friends, Matt and Rudy, who somehow get sent to a shaggy concert as if that's (laughs) going to, you know, like make they're in this weird place of uncertainty. I'm sorry. A shaggy concert is not where I want to go to try to sort through my romantic feelings. Like, I'm going with my girlfriends, and we're having a night out, and we're seeing shaggy. I don't know oh, how they're supposed to fall in love at a shaggy concert. I realize it's his biggest hit, but having
1: a couple that is, like, actively on the rocks singing, singing in the words, too. It wasn't me. <laughs> not great. <laughs> oh god bless you bachelor producers anyway,
0: yeah. I, can <laughs> no, I could imagine the producers kind of like sit around everyone's on spotify and they just google like or search the most ridiculous playlist and would be like this would be a funny song in the background who's got shaggy's pr contact like let's make it happen so i i loved it it was it was cute though because they looked like they were having fun um And I was like, okay, maybe this is going to turn around. Like, maybe they're having fun. They're shaking off any kind of insecurities or uncertainties that they have. And then it got weird because Rudy, in her kind of spastic delivery that she often has, is tiptoeing around.
1: We need to to jump in and say that she, she was a little bit, or not a little bit, a lot inspired by you know, Jamie's success story (laughs) where Jamie was like by sheer force of will and sort of putting herself out there, got the answer that she wanted. Um, even if we could sort of, as we just did nitpick the, you know, genuineness of it. So like Trevor and Jamie come back and Jamie is like, oh my God, like I, and because Jamie is like queen of nerves, like they were all on that journey with her. Like they saw her before and they saw her after and it was like, oh, clear Clearly, here she was like a nervous wreck. She put herself out there. Despite him saying the opposite, she got the answer that she then, like, she got him to where she wanted him to be. Now she's like confident and joyful and deeply in love. And Rudy's like, got it. I'm going to do that too.
0: (laughs) Which, just in life, I think it's great to be inspired by your friends and perhaps learn lessons through their experiences, but you cannot. Cannot apply someone else's success immediately to your own situations. Like it's different people. And so just because she went out there on a limb and found success, that doesn't mean that you're also going to experience the same success. Like you have to be mindful of that. So with that in mind, she kind of just is like, screw it, Matt. I'm falling in love with you. And this is where everyone that was watching with me audibly is like cringing, groaning, squealing, going, no, 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 no. no!" And I have it here. Matt responds to Rudy saying, basically, I love you. He goes, you're uh, uh, very courageous for speaking your truth. And I appreciate you doing that. And he pauses and does one of those so... And the tears just come down Rudy's face. Like, granted, I would probably react the same way. I'd be mortified. And he basically hit her with a thanks, dude, after she just said, I love you. And it was one (laughs) of the cringiest conversations we've seen on the series so far. It was bad. And it was,
1: oh, yeah. I mean, you knew it was coming because you sort of had seen, you'd heard, and seen his reactions on the bus when she was sort of reminiscing and he was looking freaked out. You sort of saw him at the bonfire and like, he keeps giving these, and I know you have more thoughts on this, but he keeps giving these like uh, personal like side interviews where he kind of relatively eloquently describes like really, really, really liking her, but you know, being a little scared by that and like being unsure of being unsure of his feelings and all, all of that. Again, largely understandable stuff. Even if you're sort of watching this, being like, "You're clearly under her, dude." Like, just roll with it. But my god, I don't know if there was a worse collection of ten words that he could have strung together. That was just
0: yeah, speaking here, truth.
1: <laughs> it wasn't even like I don't know. I think it almost would have been better if he'd been like, "Thank you, but I don't feel the same," or like, "Thank you, but I'm not there." Like, if he had to literally, but it's it was such. A package of like well, i'm not condescending isn't the right word but just like overly formal um diplomatic but then immediately falls apart with the so
0: like, <laughs> yeah like he was kind of like he could feel his foot in his mouth and yeah. it's i it's almost kind of i weird. know i use Yeah, like I use listen or I use speaking your truth almost ironically and kind of condescendingly. Like if someone has, you know, a stupid hot take or I'm like, wow, that's so brave of you. Like you like pineapple on your pizza. Like, thank you for speaking your truth. The fact that she's being raw with her emotions and he kind of hits her, like you said, with this diplomatic, unnatural response. But it sucks for him because immediately it cuts to, you know, the confessional interview with the producers And he gave a really like eloquent and concise line of just, I don't feel comfortable, you know, telling her what she wants to hear. If I don't feel that, like, I want to be sure of what I'm saying so I don't mislead anyone. And it's like, dude, if you had just said that to her, like, hey, I think you're awesome. I think there's something here, but I'm not at that point yet. It would have went so different and so much better. And he just butchered it with this word vomit.
1: Yeah, I will say, I don't know, I feel, I have a a little feeling that it probably would have ended the same because of her, but in terms of, like, like he could have felt better, and we as viewers would have been like, you did all you could, man, Um, (laughs) instead of this, which is like, you did the absolute worst, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so obviously there's some tension, you know, the tour bus ride didn't fix it, the date and Shaggy couldn't fix it, so it abruptly cuts to Ryan and Natasha, who, Shay, do you believe in them as a couple? Like, is the world seeing some kind of edit that I'm not seeing? Because I don't get it.
1: No. I mean, I, I like <laughs> see them as individuals. Um, and I sort of, I, I feel like they're having enough fun. Like, I, I, I understand their relationship, but it's not, what this show is about and it's, it's like it yeah so i don't feel they're not going to hang out or see each other after the show i would be surprised they're both going to sort of do their best to leverage the bachelor network to find better matches um but i also i don't it's i get it enough like i i see it <laughs> I don't know, I'm talking in circles now. I see it, but I also see
0: that it's not, like, what the other people have. Shay, if I ever was, like, here's my boyfriend. I want you to walk away and be, like, they're they're awesome together. Like, they're clearly happy. I don't want you to say, like, I get it enough. That's, like, the worst thing (laughs) someone could say about a relationship. But I agree. That's what I would say about Ryan and Natasha. Like, it works enough. Like, for the show, it works. But I don't look at them the way I get it.
1: there are different types of relationships, and theirs is a whole lot of them. And if you were my friend, and you were aware that that was the kind of relationship, um, then that would be fine. But again, yeah, it's not, it's not what the other people on this show have, and it's not what The Bachelor is looking for.
0: Yeah, so their, their date, we'll sum it up real quick. They go to a place called Dig This where they're in these giant yellow, like the construction diggers, I called them, but I was corrected that they are actually called excavators. So I guess that's a thing. I didn't know this until very recently. You can go to these lots of dirt where you can like smash things and dig dirt with these giant construction vehicles. And I guess it's fun. (laughs) I don't know about that, but I guess for some people, if you're into that, it's an opportunity that's out there. And that's where Ryan and Natasha go. So their date isn't romantic. They don't necessarily have this incredibly chaotic conversation. They just go and smash cars, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this before on the show, I feel like. But the dates on Listen to Your Heart are the wildest spectrum. Of, <laughs> like, just look at this episode alone. Like One of them is a shaggy concert. One of them is skating on an NHL hockey rink. Other ones serenading people at a wedding chapel. And then the last ones, like smashing cars. Like, okay. But <laughs> like, how it's all over the place. They are, which you almost, I mean, I don't think relationships are defined by the type of dates you go on, but it's also, it's, it seems very like, not manipulative, but like easy to sort of like, yes, we're giving the low key romantic one to our low key romantic couple. And we are giving the, <laughs> the smashing cars ones to a couple that might as well spend the whole time in separate vehicles.
0: <laughs> oh, well. It's, it's been a lot and, you know, we've come a long way from guitar center and whatever, you know, binoculars in the mountains. So I'll take what I can get on this show. Uh, let's go to the, the second hour, the, the best hour of Listen to Your Heart, the performances. So the something really cool about the show is that they have alternating judges. And it has become my favorite part of the show, trying to predict just how random the judges will be. And every <laughs> week the producers surprise me because they're just getting more and more sporadic with their judges and where they're coming from. So this week, uh, they try to include obviously a bachelor couple as part of the judges panel every week, and this week we got Ari and Lauren, and we also had I did not know who it was. Uh, train the singer from Train, Pat Monahan. He <laughs> could introduce himself to me as Pat Monahan, and I would have no idea who this man was. And then Ashley Simpson and Evan Ross. So we had two couples, and Pat was flying flying solo kind Of triple third wheeling here. Uh, so chaotic for this panel, but I enjoyed them this week actually. They had some good uh facial memes going on that I enjoyed screenshotting.
1: No one has yet topped um Rachel from The Bachelorette in terms of like I will never get over her karaoke comma. Um, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed seeing Ashley Simpson, I enjoyed being reminded of her. I immediately started listening to her music after the episode ended. Um I was also, it was nice to be reminded of Train's existence. I think I tweeted this, but nothing was less surprising than Ryan being like, "Train is a huge influence of mine. Like, yeah, man, that checks out. Um, That made
0: sense.
1: I don't really have an opinion on Ari, except I did think it was funny that uh, Chris Harrison introduced him. I can't remember what nickname it was, but it was not one that spoke to a lifetime of monogamy. And then it was like, and here's his wife.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yeah Chris, Chris Harrison I feel like he gets his little digs in and you kind of get away with it because you're just so conditioned to he has catchphrases and you expect him to say certain things and when he sneaks little one-liners in they almost go under the radar and I love that I love when he kind of like you know stirs the pot a little bit with a line like that so um yeah I've I would been- that that are like there's no way they can be
1: serious but he says them with a straight face and you're like there's you can tell that no one in the room knows how to whether to laugh or be like take it very like solemn and it's,
0: like, it's, <laughs> it's <a> fine <laughs> it is, and that's why he's chris harrison and i just dream about having his job so uh okay i'm like almost over talking about chris and Brie. Because they're, again, stable, safe, and successful. So Chris and Brie were tasked with singing Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis. Obviously a very cute song, very fitting for them as a couple, and they nailed it. Did I miss anything there, Shay?
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate them, get them going first, too, where it was like, all right, like, there's no, we said this before, but like, there's no drama to them, which is why we love them. And I think it is a nice kind of balance on the show that is so centered on drama to have at least one of the couples be like this, like (laughs) rock that you can sort of return to and be like, ah, yes, this is just going to be good, solid. They can sing. They can sing to each other. Their relationship is fine. They communicate like good stuff all around.
0: Um, Yeah. So (laughs) nothing more to say there. Right. You're just like, all right, check. We talked about it. So uh, Trevor and Jamie sang Just the Kiss by Lady Antebellum. Again, super cute song for the two of them. And flashback to the last couple of performances where Jamie's always saying lines like, oh, a live audience? I didn't know we'd sing in front of a crowd. And I can't believe there's judges. We're going to be judged. Just these bizarro um, comments about, I don't know, what she thought the show was going to be and she's very insecure on stage the way you can tell it down to her body language she wasn't comfortable and her confidence in this performance it was like she was a new person and it was so good to see that from her
1: yeah it was it was a relief also from an audience perspective <laughs> to just not have to go through another week of like we know you can sing. like you can do this like I was giving pep talks through the screen the previous (laughs) episodes um so it was nice to kind of have her sort of get past that um and yeah and they were good together and they i think um i can say this now but like i sort of knew from spoilers that they made it to the finale and those first couple weeks i was like how how like i I (laughs) like now i can kind of see that like they they could go on a run from here they would have there's still three couples when this ends. There's only going to be one standing, um, but you could sort of see—I don't know—you could see what makes them a strong performing couple in this particular performance.
0: Okay, that's fair. As someone who's tried to avoid spoilers the best I can, not that there's that many. This isn't, you know, Peter Susan, <laughs> but I also was kind of just like, impressed that they skirted by week to week because I wasn't necessarily blown away by their chemistry, their performances on stage. Like they were just kind of there and whatever. But last night was definitely a reason for me to put them in the final three. So um I also was surprised, but I didn't know what you knew. So uh good for Trevor and Jamie. They did well and it was like I said I feel like proud. You know, you're talking to Jamie through your screen like don't be nervous you got this and to see her pull it off. I felt proud. Like I, we kind of waded through the waters together and she figured it out. Uh, This is what I'm most excited to talk about. Ryan and Natasha, because- Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say,
1: should we quickly knock Matt and Rudy out of the way, or do we want to go chronological order or drama
0: order? Yeah, you know, let's let's go, Matt and Rudy, because I don't have too much to say about them, and I could probably talk forever about Ryan and Natasha.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so Matt and Rudy go last. They're singing "Shallow" uh, from *Stars Born*, which, again, when they get the song assignment, um, Rudy's like, "This song is just like our relationship." Like, yes, that is very much the point, you guys. Can we just <laughs> accept that the songs you are assigned are meant to reflect your relationship? Anyways. Um, Yeah, I think they, we've sort of talked about this, but, like, Rudy can really sing, and she kills it. And, like, their performance, to one of my points from the early weeks, that (laughs) the couples with, in music history, the couples with the best chemistry on stage are the ones with, like, the worst or most volatile or whatever relationships Mm -hmm. plays out, where they do really, really well. And it's, it's such a strong performance that it's kind of not at odds with their relationship off the screen or off the stage but it's like they they there's also not much to say here because it's just it's it's good and the way they perform the song is solid and i feel like anytime they perform that's kind of just there and that's kind of true here but um
0: yeah she she (laughs) she did what she had to do that's what I was going to ask you, though, because I think Rudy absolutely like blew the performance out of the water. And I don't think it's fair because I'm sure Matt is uh, talented, but I, I think he's kind of riding on her coattails. Like she blew me away. And I guess similarly to Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, like I don't get Bradley Cooper. He's just kind of like there for me. Um, where, when I see Lady Gaga, I gawk. I'm like, you are such a performer. You're such a talent. And that's why I felt watching Matt and Rudy. Like he was there, he did what he had to do. But Rudy really, really stepped it up last night. Yeah,
1: and the judges all loved it and like loved them. And I don't know. I think the the worst part was afterwards. Uh, Rudy gave them a couple name. She was like, "We're Moody now," and I was like, "Oh no, that's that's no good, girl."
0: You're like Rudy, this is why you're struggling. Like, just be chill, girl. I need you to be chill for like 30 seconds. Like you just had an amazing performance. You don't need to go and make it weird. Like, you guys are a struggling couple. Let's not do pet and names now.
1: Seemed like she through like those off-camera or off-stage interviews, immediately projected their on-stage success on like, oh okay, so our relationship is solid and good now. And it's like, well, oh, you still have a lot to work through. Um, but I think. I mean, now, now we can talk about Dear Sweet Ryan and Natasha, but based on Matt and Rudy went last, and once they performed, and even before the judges opened their mouth, it was abundantly clear that, you know, your, your top three were going to be Brie, Chris, Trevor, and Jamie, and Matt and Rudy, because performances alone, like, they, there was a world of difference between those and what Ryan and Natasha
0: did. Like a world, a whole galaxy well, Ryan and Natasha, I, Ryan was like the week one favorite. Natasha swooped in and outperformed everyone. And last week, you know, they they have the crowd up, they're dancing along the judges. Like they're clearly comfortable on stage, incredibly talented and, you know, lively performers. So I'm a big, you know, stick with what works. You don't need to like fix something if it's not broken. And they went ahead And fixed or tried to fix something that certainly wasn't broken, they're given a softball song. Like they get perfect by Ed Sheeran, gentle song. Everyone knows this song, they know what it's supposed to sound like. And instead of just going out there and delivering it well, which they're more than capable of, they have to go and put their own spin on it. Like, why? Why did they think that that was necessary? I don't. Get it, Shay? I don't want to be cruel. You play bad cop for our lovely <laughs> listeners. Can you describe the perfect version that we were graced with on our screens last night? It was unrecognizable. Like I, <laughs> it, I know, I know that song, but I
1: didn't while I was watching the show. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I know this, but it's an, it's never coming together. I'm like, I, I truly believe that if they had done, if they. Had If they had performed it straight, like they had performed songs in the past, like you just said, where it's like, they just did the song, he channeled his inner Ed Sheeran, she, you know, went at it with her parts, because again, much like Rudy and Matt, their dynamic is largely, she can sing like nobody's business, and he can, you know, support, and if they had done that, they would have been, I I don't know if they, it would have been a much tougher call, like maybe Trevor and Jamie go home, like I don't know, like they... They could have, I don't know, it would have been entirely different. But instead, and I believe it's Ryan's fault, he was like, we, this is a good song, we should do it differently. We should put our own sort of spin on it. I can't even describe the spin because I don't know what they were going for. I do know that during the performance, he like stops at one point and like tries to pick up a guitar. So he's passing the mic around a bunch. That doesn't work. She messes up the words and at some point afterwards is like, it's my fault, it's my fault. I feel so bad. I even if she hadn't messed up the words, I think the arrangement of the song was the much bigger problem. But it was just it was a disaster. And like it yeah. frustrating because I don't know, like we just said, like you kind of knew off screen that their relationship was the the least interesting and the least what the show was looking for so that they could have maybe like, you know, been sneakily eliminated anyways. But at the same time there was just, there was not a single, there was no debate. Like you watch those four performances and it was like, well, obviously that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like not a doubt. You couldn't watch that and think like if last night was the first episode you'd watched, you'd be like, how did they make it this far or what is going on? This is like, Chaotic nightmare. And I would kind of equate it to when there's a song, for example, Happy Birthday. If you've ever been in a crowd and you got the one singer that everyone wants, they want everyone to know they're a singer, and they hold the Happy Birthday note a little too long and a little too loud. And it's like, dude, we're just trying to eat cake. Like, you don't need to mix the Happy Birthday song into your own rendition. Like, keep it simple. You can do it well. We know you can sing. Like, just get it done. That's what they needed to do last night, just get their performance done. They had a shoe in. They're so much more talented and stronger performers than everyone else. And they like couldn't get out of their own way. And I'm still worked up about it as I need to talk myself down because who cares? Yeah. But I was upset because <laughs> they were my favorite performers. I don't know if I bought into them as a couple. My couple vote goes to Chris and Brie. But I loved watching Ryan and Natasha perform. And they messed it up.
1: Yeah, and what was frustrating too was like they they tanked. Like it was like Trevor and Jamie and Matt and Rudy both gave their best performance of the season so far. So that would have been tough. Even if, you know, Natasha and Ryan had brought their like B game. Like it would have been a tight thing. But instead they like they just totally flunked. It was it was frustrating and upsetting. Cause like you said, like they're both very talented I've really enjoyed watching them perform each week and it was like you guys shot yourself in the foot here um also funny though at least my mind went there immediately when Natasha's giving her you know oh yeah so they obviously don't get the rose (laughs) I feel like that's probably uh implied (laughs) um but when she's giving her like going away interview she's talking about like you know maybe this journey wasn't our destiny but there's a perhaps something better for us that's going to come next or blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking like, it's a record deal. Like, <laughs> like they're both going to, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them got some kind of music contracty thing. Um, or I mean, paradise is off this season, but like a future in paradise. And, like, they're, they're going to be fine. And like, you could maybe even see them having longer quote unquote, uh, lives in um bachelor the bachelor world the bachelor franchise than someone like a uh, trevor and jamie who might sort of go through this cycle be well appreciated and then like go back to their lives or whatever or go back to their other stuff i don't know what i'm saying but i i could see them sort of actually that panning out where like the best is yet to come uh, BS, but, <laughs> but also, I don't know, it was it was a whole, I also kind of feel that sad about it, because to our previous conversation about this only being six episodes, it's like, well, I like them a lot, but they're only going to not be there for one episode, so whatever.
0: <laughs> That's how I felt, and you know, to come fresh off, uh, you know, our dear sweet Sheridan weeping in the car, leaving the mansion, you know, <laughs> questioning his worth as a man, like, oh, that was a difficult departure to watch where ryan and natasha watching them like you said shoot themselves in the foot and i didn't really buy into them as a couple anyway i was like all right you know i'll go follow you guys on instagram and see where your solo careers take you like you've been fun to watch but i know i'll see you on my phone in 30 seconds so i don't necessarily the departure wasn't as raw and i'm kind of excited by our three couples and if the little teasers at the end of the episode are any indication of uh, the finale, seems like there's gonna be a lot of tears and Brie, uh, Chris and Bree may not be as stable as I want to think that they are because there's a lot of tears in the the little trailer for next week. Should we uh, try and predict who's going to win? Do you know, Shay, you're yeah, in the- Yeah, okay, I can't play that game. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go on the record here for fun and integrity of, you know, non-spoiler watching. If I had to pick a couple to win, it's not because it's who I want to win, but I feel like it fits the bachelor agenda and the mold. Jamie just screams bachelor nation to me and she isn't who I would like her and Trevor are not who I would pick to win, but I think if we had to pick a winner, I don't know, there's something my gut's telling me to go with Trevor and Jamie. I could be totally wrong. I think that Matt and Rudy, I I don't know, but I I think that's who's going to win. Here's a totally unrelated question for you to get
1: out of having to respond to your prediction in any meaningful way. Um, What do you think of the potential of any of these people being like future bachelorettes or bachelors is? Because... I just realized like there's not this sort of inherent rejection of a usual bachelor to bachelorette cycle. Um, But yet they're still, they're now in sort of the universe. Um, Could you see like, I don't know, but none of their personalities kind of seem right for, for, for the main Mm. shows either. Like I can't imagine Rudy or, or Matt or any of them really being, being the bachelorette. Or the
0: bachelor. I, I think <laughs> I could see some of them making an appearance on a show. I don't know if anyone has given me the vibe that they could carry an entire season of being the bachelor or the bachelorette, but well, I do like Natasha's energy. I think she showed the most personality on this season. Um, but some of the guys just kind of feel a little lackluster. Like they all seem like nice people, but not entertaining subjects. Janie, like I said, she screams bachelor nation to me with her kind of youthful innocence. I think she'd be all in on being the bachelorette. Um, But I kind of like Natasha's like, she's transparent. She's going to give you good TV. She's going to be candid and speak what's on her mind and, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some of these characters again, but I don't know. There's an entire country of eligible bachelors. I feel like you could go find me a wild card that would be more entertaining. They, they yeah. need to go pursue their music dream, Shay. I don't <laughs> want reality TV, you know, dragging them down. They have to go to the recording studio and guitar center and do what musicians do.
1: Oh, they're going to end up on the mass Singer.
0: Oh my God. I'm sorry if anyone loves The Masked Singer. I know a lot of people do. I just don't get it. I don't need to see mascots singing. Like, There's a reason mascots don't talk. It's because no one wants to hear their voice. So kudos to everyone that's done it, but like, I don't get it. Maybe one day I'll eat my words, but I've tried. So on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, next week wouldn't be the bachelor if we didn't have fantasy suites to look forward to and lots of tears it's the finale of listen to your heart shay we've survived we have one more episode i'm a little sad yeah <laughs> i know where did the time go i mean, just i know this is kind of how i keep my day straight i look forward to monday night and last week is the final episode so guys if you haven't caught up it's only six episodes or five episodes at this point really easy to catch up so you can come talk shit with us talk about the performances gossip about all the people you're missing out if you haven't given it a shot we are talking all things bachelor nation on this podcast so go subscribe like leave us nice messages and comments about the can i steal you for a second podcast We love hearing from you guys and we'll talk to you next week after the finale.